Welcome to Two Sides of the Story. I am Sean Sides. And I'm Tom Sides. I realize we're not introducing each other anymore, but let's go with it, buddy. Yeah, I like to mix it up sometimes, you know, keep it fresh for the audience. Keep our audience on their toes. Exactly. You think you can sing along and then the words change a little bit. Something to do fun at a concert. Not gonna lie, I miss that gimmick already. I really <laughs> like it. Um, how's, how's the week been? It's been pretty good. I can't complain, you know. Um, yeah. It's been beautiful weather, finally. I know we always talk about the weather. People don't need to hear that shit, but it's one of those things that affects your mood. <laughs> but also, like, affects us. Like, you're an outdoor worker, are you not? I'm an indoor worker, but I do have to go outside sometimes still. Yeah, so I am an outdoor worker, and when I share the weather, it's because it affects my income. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely fair. Yeah. So, um, did you get a chance to watch the Venom trailer I sent you? Ooh, boy, howdy, did I. I'm so excited for this. Cletus Cassie is one of my all-time favorite Spider-Man villains because he's, like, the only Spider-Man villain that's, with the exception of, like, Green Goblin, that is, like, clinically insane. Yeah, he sure is. He's, like, I love Woody Harrelson in this role because he looks, like, when he goes psycho for certain movies like Natural Born Killers and, like, he's he's the best oh that's exactly the point i was gonna bring up he was the perfect person for this role based on natural born killers yeah uh, which was outside the box for what he'd done up to that point too which was comedies so you know yeah. well what what had he done up to that point cheers uh yeah well kingpin was that before or after i uh, you know what too early in my repertoire i've seen kingpin but i just yeah. don't know where it lands yeah it was there. and like white man can't jump yeah but no, it was a good trailer. Like I like the Venom actor, the storyline, the first movie. It was entertaining. I will say this though: when he start, when Venom starts singing, uh, let's call the whole thing off in the beginning. Did it not sound like a terrible impression of Arnold Schwarzenegger to you? It kind of did. Yeah, I can definitely see that. <laughs> you say either, I say either. You yeah. say to me, uh, I say. Maybe we'll find out that's intentional. Well, like it, it was like his Venom voice, and then like it's like Tom Hardy's voice, but like darkened down and toughened up, and like little like italics bold to the voice. But like when I'm hearing that, I was like, all I'm hearing is a bad or- Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. <laughs> I definitely heard like the Cookie Monster, like a lot of people said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cookie, cookie, cookie! Yeah, <laughs> I I could definitely hear that that in there for sure. But... Oh, you got the dogs out already. It begins. He's literally running a circle around right, like a wild animal right now. Well, that's what you want. That's the first sign of not rabies. Yeah. And also, like, to be honest, he's a big fan of the podcast. He's got big ears. So he's oh. like all ears all the time, you know. Oh, so he wants to listen live. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, to go exciting. back to to go back to Venom. <laughs> how do you feel about the like the roommate? like odd couple vibe that we're getting between Eddie Brock and Venom. It's like the eighties buddy cop style relationship, which I like, it's kind of funny. And I do like that because it like a symbiote, you know what I mean? Like they're symbiotic with each other. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. Well, he has like the rule you see it like posted on the wall on that 
like ripped off pizza box. Yeah. No eating humans. Like it, we don't <laughs> eat people in this house. I think that's pretty funny to me, but also like I like that dynamic. But we're seeing a more comedic side to Venom that uh, that personally I'm more accustomed to because I'm my big dose of Venom came from the '90s Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah. So like I'm used to like Eddie Brock just kind of being along for the ride and just Venom just wreaking havoc. Yeah, for sure. I know what you mean. Like complete split personalities instead of being more symbiotic in mm-hmm. that sense. And then later in the trailer, we were seeing Eddie Brock interviewing um, Cletus Cassidy, who, which we saw at the post credit scene of the original Venom. Um, do you think you could interview like a homicidal maniac? Like imagine like we had one on the podcast. I don't know why we would, but like, <laughs> can you just imagine like how would that would like to be there? I guess he's calm because he has the symbiote, right? So if he tries to fuck with him, no matter what, he's fine. So you're not getting that like, Hannibal Lecter, Clarice kind of yeah. vibe. You're getting like, no, I'll talk to him. Kind of. It would be interesting to interview someone like that. I mean, it's important to understand people like that, I think, as a society. So I think it's important to interview. So if I found myself in the situation where I could ask, ask someone the questions, you know, without filter and just see who they are and why they are the way they are, mm-hmm. I think it's like, valuable information for society so i can handle it as far as like having venom having my back i'd feel a lot better about it because i wouldn't want to like you know have repercussions for that interview years down the road yeah and what's your theory on how uh cletus cassidy gets his symbiote (sighs) that's an interesting one i i really don't know at this point like i don't know from the comic books where that happened like i followed it a little bit here and there but i don't know the carnage storyline very well so i don't Nor know do how. i uh, my comic book knowledge when it comes to the at least the symbiotes and a lot of like i was more of a dc reader but yeah. like i'm that's what i like these movies because i'm along for the ride going this is all new to me yeah for sure i like that aspect as well yeah. no it's my, interesting my theory on it um is because eddie brock is interviewing I feel like maybe a piece of venom may drip off or fall off or something. And then find that piece of him finds its way to Cletus Cassidy. And then it's, that's where we get carnage from. Like, that's my theory. Interesting. Yeah. That would be very interesting. Um, do, do you notice like, obviously these are Spider-Man type villains. There's yeah. a lot of like heavy Spider-Man villainry in these movies. Are we ever going to see Spider-Man? You know what? I kind of want to. Um, so we're going to circle back to like where I think it's going to happen. We can go back to like the Morbius trailer that came out in like early 2020 yeah. where we see Michael Keaton show up at the end of the trailer. Okay. And clearly, clearly he's playing Adrian Toomes. There's no way around it. <laughs> like there's no way. Who's I Adrian Toomes? Adrian Toomes is the bad guy from home, uh, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, the Vulture. Okay, right. Sorry, just keeping it fresh. Yeah, yeah, no worries. <laughs> but like, my understanding is, how does this like scientist know Adrian Toomes, who isn't a scientist, from what I can tell from the at least the way they're talking about in, uh, in Spider-Man: Homecoming, he's just a construction worker that is uh, hired for like cleanup, and he gets rid of like rubble and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know how Adrian Toomes and michael morbius know each other but they see each other and they're on 
the same page. Like they know who each other are. And I can't wait to see that. So I have a theory that this is kind of how our introduction of the Sony villains or the standalone villains that we're seeing movies for are entering maybe not the MCU, but at least Spider-Man's world. Yeah. Which I'm hoping for because Venom seems naked to me without that spider on his chest. Yeah, definitely. So I'll be interested to see that. And then I'm hoping that somehow through all of these movies, we're going to get a Sinister Six movie, which is very plausible at this point. Because we have at least six villains that have been introduced into the MCU already. I'm not even including Kingpin from Daredevil yet. Yeah. So like right off the bat, so we have Michael Keaton's Vulture. Uh, Later in that movie, we have Shocker, who changes roles. So it starts off with... um, I don't know the actor's name. I just know him as Ryan Atwood's brother from the OC. <laughs> and then, uh, then he becomes uh, Bokeem Woodbine, um, who becomes like shocker number two. Right. Um, but also introduced in Spider-Man Homecoming is Scorpion and Prowler. So the arms dealer that they meet on the ferry, Mac Cargan. Yeah. Played by Michael Mando. He has a scorpion on his neck. And if you go back in the Spider-Man lore or just go back to anything, that guy's Scorpion. That's funny. I definitely don't catch these things ever, but it's nice to know that, like, the tie-ins... To me, it's like a surprise later when I see the new movies that come out, and I'm like, oh, shit, that was the guy from the... Yeah, and even <laughs> Donald Glover's, like, cameo appearance in the first Spider-Man or Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. He's he's playing Aaron Davis, and if you watch Spider-Man Into the, into the Spider-Verse or are familiar with the uh, Miles, Spider-Man Miles Morales video game or just familiar with the miles morales character in general yeah and i'm not familiar with any of that but continue <laughs> but the so he's um the african-american uh teenager that ends up becoming a spider-man as well oh okay okay um but his but his uncle aaron davis is a villain is a villain in the spider-man universe uh, as prowler who works for kingpin or like at least in the, into the Spider Verse movie, so you know there's characters that Marvel can draw on. So to me, they're doing Spider Man justice because they're just biding their time, waiting to pull up these characters, and they're doing justice to a lot of them. Like I never thought we would see a character like Mysterio on screen, and lo yeah. and behold, we get Spider Man Far From Home, and it is beautiful. Just yeah. Like, I couldn't have imagined, like, before seeing the movie, I couldn't have, if someone said they were going to do that character, I couldn't have imagined it looking good. But, yeah. man, they killed it. Like, that was awesome. Yeah, I, I love every second of it. And, I, and I'm and i liking, like, the from the comic book page to the screen, how good they look. For sure. Tom Holland's amazing, too, while we're on the topic of all the Spider-Man universe. Like, he's such a great Spider-Man. I, I agree. And there's a whole bunch of rumors that are coming uh, for the new Spider-Man movie. Uh, what is it? Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay. And there are rumors galore around this movie. There have been talks about, like, already confirmed, like the actors confirmed it. We're getting um, the same guy that played Dr. Octopus from Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire. Yeah. He's coming back to play Dr. Octopus again. So we're getting that character back. That's cool. Um, there's been talk about... Um, um Norman Osborn being brought back from the original Spider-Man as well. Um 
Didn't they talk about all of the Spider-Mans coming back? Too? All of them. Yeah, like Toby Maguire and I, I can't wait. I can't wait. And then like if they're gonna do something like this, then I'm hoping to see something like into the Spider-Verse eventually, where not only we're we gonna bring back these uh, other Spider-Mans, but we're gonna bring in Spider-Man 2099, or we're gonna bring in uh uh Spider-Man uh like Miles Morales or Spider Gwen or yeah. Like there's like a, just a like an arm or Spider-Man Noir. Like I'm just please just give me all of the Spider-Man. <laughs> I think they have to. You know what I mean? Like it's obviously heading in that direction. So it'll be fun to watch along the way. That's for goddamn sure. Do you think that Sony will ever give the rights to all the Spider-Man and Spider-Man characters back to Marvel or Disney? I don't think they'll give them to them. No. I think give they them, might like, sell them, but I don't think they'll. <laughs> like, do you think? Do you think that exchange will ever happen? I don't know. Like, I feel like they have a good relationship, so I, I, I think they're just toying with us at this point as to like it not happening. I think that it's inevitable. Yeah, I do think it's inevitable. But it's a fair trade what they got going on. Like, you let like Disney or Marvel ride along, get get involved, and let's put out these fucking awesome movies. Because yeah, like I don't. I don't. I haven't seen a Marvel movie yet, uh, of like that has been run by the MCU, where I've been like disappointed after watching it. Yeah, that's totally fair. I feel the same way. They're all very entertaining in their own rights. That's for sure. Which is yeah. very refreshing always to be able to rely on a source of movies that is constant. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They put to shame or sorry, put to rest the idea that a sequel is always not as good as the original movie. <laughs> well, because they're using these these sequels to tell a bigger story that's coming later on. Like it works so well. I love this like method and they'll forever have my money. I definitely always have to Google the order when I've done order watches. And it's nice that they have that option on the internet to be able to like know what's where, because it's such a like expanding universe every day. If you miss a movie, you're like, Oh man, like I might've not missed anything important to the storyline, but tidbits that are important to like understand the grand picture. And especially now when there's so much more to watch with all these like series that are coming out that are only adding to the, like the grander picture yet again. This which is, is what I, which was what I was hoping for when we got the uh, those Netflix series. Like I was hoping that we were going to see the Defenders in the MCU at some point. Yeah, me and too. I really don't want anyone else to play the Kingpin other than um, man, that was good. Uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head. But boy, Vincent D'Onofrio. He... Like I don't yeah, want anyone other than Vincent D'Onofrio to pr- play the Kingpin for sure. Nor yeah. the same is true with Punisher. Yeah. I don't want anyone else. He killed it so good. It was perfect. I would love to bring back Aaron Eckert. I'm, I think I'm one of like nine people that really enjoyed the 2004 Punisher. Yeah, I prefer if we're going like any Punisher, I'm going to go with Dolph Lundgren. Fucking stop. I watched that early on as a kid and he he's the best Punisher ever by far. Like are you, you're fucking with me, right? No, no, I'm dead way. serious. Do you not like him as Punisher? Or is this real life? Yes, I don't want Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher. <laughs> Maybe not I, anymore. I also, I don't want Dolph Lundgren as He Man. I don't want <laughs> Dolph. Really, Lundgren. No. man, Masters of the Universe is fucking sick. I have that on DVD still, and I'll never give it up, even though DVD is like kind of dead at this point. No offense, DVD, but <laughs> wicked movie. Are you excited for the? uh new human series that's coming to netflix 
Yeah, Kevin Smith's got a lot to do with that, hey? Yeah, producer, writer, a whole bunch of stuff. There's some yeah. skills that have been released uh, this week, and it looks phenomenal, to be honest. It, it does, must- yeah, actually. Uh, Karen tagged me on it, actually, on Facebook, and I got to have a look at it, and I was yeah. like, ooh, that looks interesting. By the way, can we talk about Kieran for a second? We could, yes. Kieran's getting a little bit too comfortable with our Facebook group. Do you, do you think he's <laughs> part of the show without actually you know what? having him on the show yet? He's trying to create buzz. That's what he told me. He's like, he figured if he started a poll and people started participating, we'd get more interest. And you know, he was trying to be a friend and help in that instance, which is funny. I, I think Kieran's trying to pat himself on the back. That's what I think. <laughs> so while we're on the topic of Kieran, he's he's pissed at you. Pissed at me. Yeah. Uh, he knows that it's not my fault at all, but you left him out of the Star Wars meetup story when we met for the first time because he was there that night. Not only that, you cropped him out of the picture that we posted on Instagram. Of I didn't do that. It. I didn't do that. That was 100% you. You know you did what? that. I would never well, cut my best friend. Do not friend throw out. me under this bus. You know that was 100% you. <laughs> he told me he showed it to his woman and she's like, he's like, that's my fucking hoodie. Do you see my hoodie there? They cut me out of the goddamn picture. They took me out of their history. I'm part of that story. <laughs> you did that. I, did, I, I didn't leave him out on purpose. I left him out by accident because it was more of like you and I telling the story about how you and I just first met. And clearly I didn't want to bring up the fact that you brought a buddy just in case I was a weirdo. We definitely hurt his feelings by not giving him the weirdo protection protection story. It was okay. pretty funny. All right. Well, let's do some justice right now. Okay. I'll tell I'll, I'll tell it. When Sean and I first met, <laughs> his best friend Kieran came along mostly because he wanted to be a part of family history. He did. Now, yeah. Every photo I have of me and Sean has Sean's best friend on the other end of the photo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's he's like that. He likes to get in there on all those kind of moments. That's for sure. I'll say this about Karen. He's a really good guy. Like I've like met him. I think to be fair, every single time I've hung out with you, Karen has been there. Yeah. He is he is that guy to you, and he's important. Like I first time we met, then like the New Year's thing. Was he at your dad's birthday when I went to it? Yeah, he was there. I'm pretty sure. Like like he is like he is as much as part of your life as my buddy Martin is to mine. He just didn't live in the same city as us when we met or else he would have tagged along with us to that movie. Probably for sure. We call each other like not to steal it from Kevin Smith, but we are heterosexual life mates. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's oh, funny it because sense. most people don't understand our friendship because we are like very close. Like we lived together for seven years, like as roommates. I don't know if yeah. you knew that even, but we like never fought. You know what I mean? There was no arguments. It was just we were family. It was like, you know, being brothers to that extent. But and like the connection stays strong still. As long as you correct the fact that I didn't crop him out of the picture. Because <laughs> I did not do that. I, I'm I'm placing full blame on you for that one. I don't know what happened there. Like I sent you the photo and then all of a sudden it got posted. And I was I, like, where did Kieran go? I don't like this. I don't like this at all. <laughs> because I actually really like Kieran. Yeah. And I am not. A big deck to hear it at all. No, I'm pretty sure he knew it was me, but I got my ear fucking talked off the other night about it. That's for sure. He made him send me the picture of the three of us so that he could show his woman to be like, see, they did cut me out of it. I know my feelings. I'm curious. Can we please? I was a part of it too. Let's call it. Can we change the name to the show of two sides of the story plus Kieran's sometimes opinion? <laughs> 
I can say this though, like if there's an important moment in my life, most of them he's probably been there for or will be there for, which is nice to have friends like that. I have so many questions about your relationship with Kieran that I want to talk to you on this podcast, but because for the record, my idea to have him on the podcast. Yeah. Kieran, if you're listening, it was my idea to have, have you as a guest. <laughs> Sean didn't even think of it. All right. I'm thinking about you 100% of the time, Kieran. Sean could go fuck himself. So on while we're on the topic of this, he's also upset that you invited Jen on the podcast before him. I'm going to place all this fucking blame on you. It's 100% your fault yeah. for all of it. Yeah. Excuse me, Sean, for bringing on someone on the podcast that has the last name sides on the podcast. It was really funny when he came over the other day. He like clearly... You know, when your best friend has a bone to pick with you and you just see it on their face, they're looking at you like, yeah, yeah, you motherfucker. And you're like, what's the problem? Tell me what the fucking problem is. Yeah. And he's like, first of all, friendship off possibly because you didn't fucking have me on the podcast first. He's like, what the fuck? He's like, for sure, for sure. I'm no longer your plumber. Like you can fucking call someone else. <laughs> yeah. So I lost my plumbing services, but thankfully Crystal still has hers. So we should still be good. But listen, Kieran, you're going to come on. If it's that big of a deal, you're our next guest. You're going to be on the <laughs> story. Plus, Kieran, don't worry about it. It's happening. It's in the books. We're just going to bang out a few of our normal episodes, and then we're going to have you on. You know what's amazing about my best questions. friend, Martin? He hasn't bitched once about not being on an episode. <laughs> he knows he's coming. He knows he knows he's going to be on. And yeah. as long as I continue to plug his little business of ML, uh, ML hockey development. You can find out on Instagram and on Facebook, <laughs> ML hockey development. Check it out today. He's fine. He's super happy. He does not complain. He does not whine. He is a man's man when it comes to our shit. <laughs> I'm not saying Kieran soft. I'm just saying no. Martin wouldn't bitch. Ooh, this could make for a very fun podcast is that we both bring our best friends on and then like, see how they hash it out. It would be too harsh, I think. I don't think that like our audience would be able to handle all this because Kieran would just be like, fuck you, fuck you, man. <laughs> Turn into a fight, eh? I don't want that. I no. want to have like... I'm just joking. Show. He just wants to be the most loved. It's no big deal. Well, technically he <laughs> is. No one else gets more mentions on the show and you have like other sibling. Like you have another sibling. Like Josh has been mentioned, but yeah, it's fair to say that you have a brother and a sister, one of which has not been on the show. And this is like a dirty like confession too. I also have four other siblings like that are my step siblings through Doreen, which I do consider my siblings as well. Suzanne, Joanne, Sandra, and Mark as well. So yeah, but Kieran gets the most talk time, I guess. Have I met any of them? Uh, I think at the family, like, or sorry, my dad's birthday party, Suzanne was there. I believe you met her possibly so funny to really me. like guttural nice laugh like the best laugh out of anyone I, ever i can't picture if i did i can't i can't there was a lot going on it's yeah. fair but i gotta say man isn't that the most fucked up thing about our family is just like well yeah i'd be like step siblings too I'm like oh man do i do i know them have i met yeah. them like like i didn't know their names until just now and also i didn't even think to ask <laughs> It's complicated. Technically, technically, they're my cousins too. Oh, yeah, 100%. There's like, not to mention then you add in that they all have kids. 
And then some of their kids have kids now. Like I'm a great uncle to some of them. You know what I mean? Like a lot of them call me Uncle Sean. I want to ask this to Jen because Josh obviously has kids. Yeah. And his uh, first child has had her first child. So Josh is already a grandfather, which yeah. makes you a great uncle and yeah. uh, and Jan a great aunt. Has that fucked with you at all? It has a little bit like, I I don't know, you forget how old you're getting sometimes, but to be a great uncle and like know that it's like your direct bloodline too. It's an, it's an intense like feeling. Like I remember holding Avery, like I got, I was in high school, Josh obviously being five years older than me, I was in high school in class and I got the phone call like, I was like, oh, fuck. I got called to the principal's office. I'm like, oh, shit. What did they get me for now? What am I What am I pinned on? I walk in there, like, fucking trying to think of a, a backup story in my head to get out of the situation. And then they walk in, like, the phone's for you. And I'm like, oh, like, before cell phones, obviously. I'm fucking dating myself there. But <laughs> I go to the Josh office. called the school to tell you that he had a kid? Yeah, he was like, Sean, like, you got to leave the leave school now and come to the hospital. Avery was just born. So within, like, the first two hours of her being born, I got to hold my, my nie- first niece. That's you know amazing. what I mean? Oh, I love, there's nothing more like wonderful than holding a baby on its first day on planet earth and saying like, welcome to planet earth. And like, it's weird when you hold a brand new newborn, you feel like you would protect it against the, anything in this fucking world. Like, it's just such a wonderful feeling, you know? I like, I like that, that your first sentence to her is what, welcome to planet earth. What are you a fucking Klingon? Like what's going on? Why are you talking to her? Like she's not. Sorry. Is this planet earth? Yeah. I always talk to kids. Like I tell like, obviously without the swear words but i talk to kids like they're people you know what yeah. i mean a lot of people are like hey there honey like how you do kids are like you know they're like oh yeah you're like a, i don't know i just communicate with them on a like a level you know, on yeah. a level level <laughs> i do the same thing with i she's my niece i say she's my niece she calls me uncle tommy and it's but it's martin's kid yeah and i do this with her all the time where i'm just like like i'm real with her but at the same like i know when to dial it up like when to play pretend and all that stuff yeah of course like there's times when like i'll like for a joke for a laugh for me i'll be like i'm having a beer you want a beer no uncle tommy i don't like beer i'm like keep (laughs) that answer going kid you yeah for sure dang it (laughs) like it it, but it's me like playing and it's 100 like just me just like messing around if she said yes i'd be i'd look to her parents and be like what did you guys do It's funny, like those relationships you have with your nieces and nephews, like Mm. I have a lot and then I'm close to as well. And it's fun. Like obviously with Kieran's son, we lived together for the first seven years of his life. So like he's, I'm like a second. Well, he must call you Uncle Sean. Yeah. Or just Sean because he he, like feels like we're on that level too. But I'm his godfather as well. So when you were told you're going to be the godfather, did you like get a white suit and a fedora that matches and just walk through a farmer's market like <laughs> Don Corleone. I should have, but I did wear like a black suit and I had a shaved head. I looked like a hitman a little bit for sure. <laughs> and somehow a, uh, what are those called? The, uh, the line, what are they called? That he has? <laughs> I really wish that we went into these podcasts and I knew what I was talking about. Hey, it oh, happens. Boy. It's yeah. hard when you have so much fucking information in your brain. Sometimes yeah. the files get mixed up and you just yeah. can't pull them. If you had like a barcode written on tad, already tattooed on your forehead or <laughs> on the back of your head, not on your forehead, but <coughs> yeah, no, it's funny. Yeah, it, yeah. It's one of those things about the podcast. Like I take notes, like I'm actually kind of prepared for our podcast to a certain extent. Like, yeah, I like I go, um, 
I go, I want to talk about, I want to talk to Sean about this this week. And we're going to bring up these points. And then you and I start talking. And then that just goes right out the fucking window. I think that's the beauty of our conversation, though, is like everyone's along for the ride with us, hopefully. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm going to make a stunning declaration right now. I'm going to go ahead and say Martin's coming on the podcast before Kieran because (laughs) Kieran is whiny. And I don't want to deal with it. No, he's not whining. Come on. No, I know he's not. I know he's not whining. I'm just, I'm, I'm giving him more things to be like, oh, what's wrong, Kieran? Tom said I was whining on the podcast. <laughs> I didn't like that. He, he would mean, literally possibly take that to heart. He's going to write on our Facebook group going, fuck Tom, team Sean all the way. <laughs> Try and drive a wedge between us and then thus crumbling the podcast. That's funny. <laughs> So I did want to like share something with you that I thought a you would appreciate and b you might find funny, but two things. One, I watched Colossal and I got a real rapey vibe from it. Like it's a little there's like a lot of like creepy rapey shit in it. I felt like which was it was a good movie. It just went there a little bit, and I was like, that's fucking weird. Like that guy, like uh, Jason Sudeikis, is that it? Sudeikis, yeah. Sudeikis, yeah. Sorry, he he's like fucking creeping me out in that movie it's like trying to like he had a thing for her and didn't like the other guy fucking around and then took it personal i guess like that kind of shit happens in real life so you can relate to it in a sense but it was just like a little fucked up but how'd you feel about the actual story of the movie like she (laughs) walks into this this park at a certain time of day yeah and then a monster shows up and create like it's one of what i really like about this movie is the out there out there idea of a movie like you're you haven't seen a movie like this before no it was very original and i like the explanation behind how it happened didn't really lend itself to the story it was like she had a, a project she made in school in elementary and it blew well, into okay the hold on and... let's go ahead and say spoiler alert first for those of you who yeah. haven't seen the movie sorry guys we we fucking forget to do that sometimes apologies yeah. for not giving spoiler alerts yeah. yeah which we can thank jen for because she gave us shit last week with uh our, with my spoiling of how i met your mother yeah. and we still fucking did it too just now without giving spoiler alert, which yeah. is funny so we're learning we're learning it's, we're it's learning as we go yeah exactly it was interesting I, I, I it was a good movie like i really liked the story it was interesting but it and it was so out there like you said original and shit but See, that's what I really love about this movie is that, like, I will, I am on board for an out there kind of movie because everyone, my biggest complaint about people who complain about movies are the people that go, it wasn't realistic. It's a fucking movie. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not one of those guys. I don't like demand reality when I'm watching the opposite of reality. Yeah. Like, it's a (laughs) fucking movie. Uh, Like, when I see these things, it's like, Ah, that can never happen. Or you see a guy like Neil deGrasse Tyson trying to ruin Star Wars to go like, well, with science, <laughs> the Death Star wouldn't explode this way because listen, Neil, take a fucking day off. You don't need to be a scientist all the fucking time, buddy. You know, it's what? a movie. It's the thing not... that... There's an Neil... argument against Neil deGrasse Tyson on that as well, because if you think about the science now and the science a hundred years ago, Okay, that's changed a lot as to what you believed as a scientist, mister. So you can't open your imagination to the fact to think that like fucking 100,000, who knows how many years apart from now to Star Wars would exist. You can't lend yourself to the idea that things might have changed a little bit when it comes to certain things. I don't know. 
don't know. I, I do this a lot with some of my friends. A lot of my friends suffer from a thing I call the burden of knowledge. They know a lot about a certain thing. And so they know about the worst case scenarios that can go wrong. Well, they know too much about a thing. But when a guy like Neil deGrasse Tyson is going around going like, well, technically in space, this stuff couldn't have <laughs> off. Take it right <laughs> off. Right. These movies are happening in your off hours, Neil. Yeah. Don't ruin this for us. Yeah. Like it, it's fine. I'm so okay with being ignorant about so many things that I can just enjoy shit. I, I, it makes me so happy that I can like turn on gremlins and not have some kind of like, uh, like zoologist go, well, you know, the water getting them wet would not make them <laughs> multiply. In fact, it would quench the fuck off. Like it was not yeah. what we're like. Experts need to know when to pick their spot. That's for sure. So I wasn't sure, like, I was a little bit curious, like I have an interesting curious curiosity that you, maybe you could solve for me. Mm. Were, were you trying to fuck with me when you told me to order that soup? No. Okay. I was just wondering. I was, I tried it. I ordered it. I ate it. It was soupy. I'll say that it was, I felt like it fell in line. Like it was different. It had huge chunks of shit in it. Like it wasn't cut up, which was I would thought. Yeah, it was a meal for sure. I didn't love the broth. I'm not going to lie. Like the flavor to the broth. I didn't love the egg was like off putting. Cause I'm not a big heart. I, I, I wanted to try it naturally. So I left it the way it was. I didn't like fuck with the order. Like the tonka stew, tonka stew, tonka stew, tonka stew. Yeah. So it might not be for me. Uh, and like, I, I tried to share it with crystal. Cause I was like, well, she loves like soup and well, she didn't care for it either. Maybe it's different ordered, but you know what, man? know what i appreciate most about this is that yeah i actually did it i am so okay with you not liking it that's fine yeah like the fact that you did it and then to give me a real answer yeah that like that goes so far in my world you have <laughs> no idea the like i hate it when people go i don't like that and they go yeah. well have you tried it no i just know i wouldn't like it try it try exactly it. and you, you know what you took a chance on it you tried it and you know what you still have your same stance i'm okay with that i'm not gonna try and like switch you make you go like you know what i finally found the soup for me like that is not like that is not my goal that wasn't my goal with that it was just i knew a thing that you didn't like but maybe you didn't try this yet because you have such a discrimination towards soup for sure no, and like, I agree with you 100%. Like when people are discriminatory against something that they haven't tried, I always take it back to people that are like are homophobic. I'm like, have you tried being gay? Well, then you don't have a right to talk about it and say you don't like it. And yet you don't support it. You know what I mean? Because you haven't tried it. So it's not fucking fair. You're I making such that... a good point, but it's really funny. Have you I like tried to bring... being gay? No, I haven't. And you're not allowed to say you don't like people that are gay. Yeah, exactly. If you experiment a little and it wasn't for you, then you could maybe have more of an opinion on it. So yeah. it's not right. Yeah, not don't not <laughs> try it. I, I'm a big fan of that. Um, well, needless to say, I'm super happy you tried it. I'm I'm okay that you didn't like it, but kudos to you. You didn't like kudos to you for trying it. Thank you, sir. I thought I would. I, I, my only regret, like, I do like spicy things a lot. And I thought that maybe I should have tried the spicy one because the flavor might have, like, been enhanced more. But, like, I wanted to just try the, like, 
regular you know what i mean try that first and like even this being said that i did order it i ordered it from a delivery service and so i would again once more try it if you took me there to the restaurant just to give it a fair run because trying something once doesn't always mean that you're going to get the best product that time you know what i'll make you i'll make you a deal uh, if we were to go i would show you what to order and we would do it together and then i would let you tell me in in public that you didn't like it for sure can i like knock it off the table accidentally if i don't like it no because we're i would never public... do that yeah we're no, in public... i'm the opposite of the scene maker yeah yeah i don't like to make a scene i like to go unnoticed unless i'm looking to be noticed or have had a few whiskeys maybe <laughs> <laughs> have you ever done something like that no never like just fucking slap my thing off. Actually, you know what? This is not true. I do have one instance where I actually did throw the food that I had ordered at the person who served it to me. Please tell me this. Okay. So we I went to a pizza place. I used to go there all the time. I was 15. I was working at a telemarketing place and next door there was a pizza place. So they always made like handmade fresh pizzas. They were always like really good, right? Nice pieces, piece of pizza for a cheap price. So I'd always go there. So I go the one day. And I usually stick with the pepperoni pizza at that time. I was like, you know, it was good, simple, good pepperoni. So I saw the pepperoni pizza there. It looked good. I was like, yeah, can I please get a, you know, some of the pepperoni? She cuts me a slice, gives it to me. I go sit down, have my drink, you know, take a bite. I'm like, what the fuck? Something, something right here. Take another bite. I'll fucking lift the cheese up. And the woman had put bologna instead of pepperoni because they ran out of pepperoni so she went to the corner store which was next door to the pizza place and bought a big ring of, of bologna and then sold it as pepperoni so i walked up to the counter and i was like hey so like i don't mean to be rude but this isn't pepperoni like this is bologna i could see the like edged ring what i paid go- for what's that sorry yeah it's not what i paid for and she's like oh bologna is the same thing as pepperoni just eat it and so they have a different threw, name. They're not the same thing right off there. Oh, yeah. Call it bologna. It's, it's completely different. And I'm not a bologna fan. Like, I don't hate bologna. If I if it was the last sandwich on earth and I needed to eat it, of course, I'd fucking eat it. I don't hate bologna. I'm not like a big bologna hater. But don't sell me fucking pepperoni and tell me it's bologna and then argue with me that it's the same fucking thing. So I didn't throw the piece of pizza at her, but I did throw it at the wall behind the counter and said, I'm not eating that shit. And I never went back to that place for the rest of my life and eventually they shut down and are no longer in business and that's probably part of the fucking reason that's so funny i i fucking love that and know what a thing like that kind of deserves it i i don't have a story personally about making a fucking scene at a restaurant but my dad told me a story about him once that i hold dear and i tell anyone who will listen um so he did this strictly because he knew what the result was going to be, but he went yeah. to this local diner to where he went to college and he sat down and they're like, Oh, what can we get you to drink? He goes, I'll have a Coke please. And they're like, Oh, we only have Pepsi. Is that fine? And he stood up and said, fuck no. And flipped the table and stormed out and never went back again for wow. no reason. He did it. Cause he thought it was fucking funny. And I <laughs> stand by this. I think it's the most hilarious thing to ever do. Like this person's in shock. She's making fucking nothing an hour plus tips and like this shit happens to her. What a fucking day. That's like the most kamikaze thing I've ever heard. (laughs) So you were saying like we were talking about the soup and whatnot. 
And I have a question about that. You said you like the spicy soup. What's the spiciest fucking thing you've ever eaten in your life? Okay. So a local bar called McKevin's, I think I talked about it on the podcast already. Yeah. Has this chicken wing challenge called the Rim Reaper. Oh. The Rim Reaper. <laughs> now, I like a spicy chicken wing. I enjoy it. I'll, like, Give me some spicy wings with some blue cheese dip and like a couple of beers. Fucking great evening. So they have this like habanero pepper or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Ghost. I think it's ghost pepper what it is. Okay. And they make the spiciest chicken wing. And it's a challenge that if you consume it, um, consume 12 and 20 minutes, I think the deal is. Yeah. You get a free t-shirt. You get your name on the website and... Um, I don't know if you have to pay for it or anything, but it was just like it's a big event. It's like a, yeah. a restaurant challenge. So one day I'm having beers with a buddy of mine, and he's like, "We gotta do it." <laughs> like, fuck, buddy. All right, we'll, we'll we'll do it. And Sean, it hurt so much. So did you guys both do it like you ate 12 wings each or you ate tried to attempt oh, it? Sorry. No, no, no. 12 wings each. This this was like okay. we were in competition together. Just making sure. I, and it was in the middle of winter. It was so spicy. I've had to go outside and ostrich into the fucking snow. <laughs> I could not fucking deal with the heat. I had to leave the bar. I showered. Five times that night. How long because, did it last, like, in your mouth where the heat was burning, like, where you couldn't, like, fucking handle it? How long would you say that lasted? Two to three hours. Because I had to pick up my buddy downtown. Yeah. And I did that with, like, with extreme difficulty. <laughs> so I picked him up and I brought back and I had, like, another shower. And then, I like, without getting too graphic for our audience... Sean, it hurt on the way in and on the way out. It was such <laughs> a horrid experience. I can share with you, like, I had a similar experience, but a little bit worse even still, maybe. If you take, like, you look at the Scoville chart, which ranks the spiciness level of peppers. Yeah. The ghost pepper, is it's pretty spicy. It is pretty spicy. It's something like a hundred or 250,000 on the Scoville chart, I believe. Can we also uh, talk about that ranking? Because... Those rankings are ridiculous. Like 250,000, what are they, Kelvin? Uh, Scoville. Scoville. Yeah. Can we, let's get a real fucking ranking system. Can we do one to 100? <laughs> throwing fucking six figures at us like i think that it's like legit though because there's there's like a science to it i'm not going to get into that yeah. but like a jalapeno is like 10 just so our audience knows and is familiar a jalapeno is like ten thousand on the scoville chart a habanero is like 40 to fifty thousand. a ghost mm-hmm. pepper goes up to 250 now the one that i had a, a little fun time <laughs> trying was the carolina reaper pepper which they say is like 3.5 million on the scoville chart okay and so there's a chip challenge. So it's Christmas time and myself, Kieran and Crystal's fantastic, amazing Uncle John, which we will refer to from now on as Uncle John, okay. decided, <laughs> decided to eat this chip challenge, right? The three of us. So I'm a little worried. I'm a little fucking scared. It straight up says, do not touch it with your skin, the chip, because you can get burns on your skin. So you're supposed to wear a glove when you eat it. 
right off the bat, why does that exist? <laughs> we had to know. Like, you never know what the top is. And like I've said in previous podcasts, I do like to try new things. Okay. And so I've always liked spicy food. I was like, fuck it. Let's give it a try. Mm-hmm. So... I'm not going to pussyfoot around it. I'm not that kind of guy. I don't dip my fucking toes in the pool. I jumped in. Jumped in. Uh, before we get into the story. Yeah. Who else is trying this chip? Kieran and J- Uncle John. Okay. So the three of you. The three you're of us. Gonna be the, you're not going to be the one that I'm not fucking chickening out. I'm fucking doing this. Oh, no. Fuck no. no, we're all in. So we unwrap our chips safely before we fucking touch them we wash our hands to make sure we don't touch our eyes and have like a go to the hospital situation so we get the chips out we fucking shove them in our mouths like men no like pussyfooting in just shove it down our face hole oh my fucking god so it gets a little hot then it gets a little hotter then it gets a little fucking hotter it was like we were trying to see the whole like competition between the three of us was who could go the longest without milk or ice cream or something to like take the mm-hmm. edge off. It was around 45 seconds when Kieran cracked. And I was like, somebody, I, I'm not going to be the first. There's no fucking way I'm going to be the first. So Kieran like got the milk and it was, he was like standing in the kitchen, like, ah, 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 cause so it was Kieran, like, so Kieran cracked first. Yeah. He cracked first. Then me, then I cracked cause I couldn't do it anymore. John just, sat there for a, as a chance to talk shit to Kieran. Fucking typical yeah. Kieran. Yeah. <laughs> He was at the 45 second mark and I was at the 46 second mark, even though it felt like 10 minutes later. (laughs) Kieran, for the record, I really like you, man. We've met. We're buds. (laughs) I have nothing against you. Now that you're bitching about me on the podcast, I'm going to talk shit about you for no reason. (laughs) Anywho, so we down them. John lasts like two and a half minutes before he asked you. It was a solid like 50 minutes to an hour hold on john didn't have to wait two minutes and 30 seconds no he could have been minute uh, like second 47 and it would have been fine and he would have won but he outlasted the two of you an extra like two uh, minutes minute and 45 seconds just to fuck with you 100 percent. yeah he's a tough bastard the fuck what kind of (laughs) maniac does that (laughs) that's johnny so Okay, this I'm is sitting Chris, there, this like is Crystal's uncle. Yeah. Okay. He's a great man, but anyways, so we're at like 45 minutes in, and it's like still acid fire. This entire 45 minutes, I have to keep ice cream in my mouth at all times, or I, I like can't function. Like it was debilitating to the point where it, like it like burned and all down the esophagus. So things calm down. It starts to slow down. I still have to keep water in my mouth for the next like. 45 minutes after the first initial 45 minutes of pain and it's like serious man like it's almost on the level of chemical burns in your (laughs) esophagus it's a fucking experience so then this is where the story takes a turn for the worst we're sitting in the living room it's about two hours later it was around christmas time a couple years ago so we had family coming into town the house was like you know pretty full probably 15 20 people in the house are you at your house yeah so all of the sudden this being like two and a half hours later, I feel the spice move. No. It moved inside of me. It dropped into my bowels 
and it hurt. And I was like, oh my fucking God. Like I thought that I had fucked my stomach up, like blew an ulcer out the side of my stomach level pain. I went and got in the shower with a house full of people and had ice cold water pouring on me and was like shaking. And like, I sat down in the toilet. So I was like, it's going to happen. It's got to come out of me. Like I was fucking bracing for the worst. Like I almost phoned Crystal to tell her to come and hold my hand because I was worried. <laughs> <laughs> I was really, I was very worried. Right out the fucking window after that. Oh man, I was really <laughs> fucking worried. So I just held it together. I got back in the shower, ice cold shower. Um, and then all of a sudden, like it, it shifted again and the pain was unbearable. So I got out of the shower and I laid down on the floor in the bathroom and I didn't grab a towel, of course, before I jumped in the shower because I didn't know it was going to escalate this quickly. So all we had was a tiny little hand towel that was hanging up. So I grabbed the hand towel, <laughs> covered my private parts while I'm lying on the floor naked, soaking wet. I blood curdlingly scream out, Crystal! <laughs> Crystal! And the whole house hears and she comes around. She's like, what the fuck is happening? And she opens the door and sees me lying on the floor naked, shaking. And she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, I need water. Fucking bring me water, please. <laughs> she comes back in with water. And I like, kind of like sit up a little and I take a sip of the water. I'm like, oh, oh I think I'm going to be okay. And she's just like, what the fuck? And like leaves the bathroom and closes the door. And I like got, got up and she brought me a towel. I got dressed and I came back out and everybody was like, what the fuck just happened? And like still... This the spice hadn't left me at this point. It was still inside of me. <laughs> it was it was embarrassing. For... Um, so I'd like to take this point in the story to go, hey Kieran, I apologize for talking shit about you being the first one <laughs> to call it quits during that competition. You don't deserve it. And um apparently Sean suffered super hard and you just had to be at that party and just live your life. So <laughs> I apologize. Didn't mean it. it. Was all in good fun. He has a fiery story from the next day when he finally had to have a bowel movement. But yeah, yeah man, like that shit's no joke. And yeah. I thought I was gonna die, possibly. Like, yeah. not fully, like for sure, I'm gonna die. But I had, I had a fear of death at that point. Yeah. So I'm telling you now, do not eat that chip. Yes, I do have three more. Just so you know, in case you're ever curious, I do have three more. They're like gold because they sell for a lot more for some reason than what they sell for retail after aftermarket. But really, just sell them online and make a profit. Like his, yeah. Like, like I'm not gonna put myself through that kind of pain ever. Like, do I like spicy food? Yeah, I fucking love it. But I, but I like it for the flavor of it. I don't want a fucking time ruined because it is yeah. ungodly hot. It's almost like I could almost liken it to saying something like eating magic mushrooms. You're, mm -hmm. You have a commitment level. You have committed now. You are like locked in. You got no fucking choice. So if you're going to do it, you better be prepared to lose your evening, possibly. So I've only tried magic mushrooms once and I got to try it again because the only thing that happened to me was I was just in a really good mood. Like, it, yeah. did you ever did you try acid? No. Okay. Just curious. No, like my, my, like m trials with drugs is stopped at like marijuana to, to mushrooms. And like, I, like when I tried mushrooms, it was like within like three months ago, like it wasn't even like, Oh wow. Like in my teens, I was such like, a I wasn't a square. Cause I, I'm I, like, I don't give a shit what you do, but mm -hmm. it like, I just didn't do anything. It was just yeah, wasn't for enough. me.
If you don't have the outside influences, sometimes it just doesn't come up, right? Well, I have them. I, oh, just, yeah. didn't, I just didn't do it. Like huh. all of my friends, like this whole thing that you see on TV uh, on like after school specials of like peer pressure. Yeah. Never happened to me. That's funny. Like I, I went to a party when I was like 14 and everyone was drinking and they were like, Tom, do you want to have a beer? And I said, no, thank you. And they just went ahead and went, that's cool. And then just moved on with their days. Like, like it's either I had the best kind of people in my life to just yeah. do that and just respect my wishes, or I didn't have the right people in my life to like push me to do like bad <laughs> shit. Matter of perspective, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> but I like, I don't have, like, I have no complaints. Like I'm a drinker now I'm drinking now, but um, when it comes to drugs, like, like I smoked weed like a little bit as a teenager then stopped. And yeah. then I smoked a little bit more in my twenties. But it was more for like the medicinal effects. Like I only smoked weed really to help me fa- fall asleep. Like, I enjoyed being stoned and I would like get high before a concert or something. Yeah. But like it wasn't like it's not my favorite. Yeah, that's fair. It's not my favorite. And so I kind of just in my old in my older age now, I kind of like take you can take a back seat. Like I don't give a shit about it, to be honest. I have from what who- I understand, like about drugs, like some people will like at least uh marijuana yeah that's how you say it uh sometimes people use to relax like having a beer or a glass of wine right like especially now that it's been legalized it's more culturally accepted which i think is fair like the fact that people Mm. used to like be you know in their heads be like i want to go home and you know smoke a joint and relax and then they got thrown in fucking jail for it that's that's fucked up well i heard this with a, a podcast that seth rogan was talking about and this is seth rogan giving information on it the only reason why marijuana was illegal was because racist politicians made it so. Yeah, I've heard that too. And like, it was a really a different, like little things about that. But because, exactly, but. But because native people and black people and other ethnic people enjoyed smoking marijuana over drinking, which is yeah. the more of the white person thing. Right. The, they made it well, like, fuck them. We're just going to take this thing away from them. Doesn't and, surprise me to hear that. That's for yeah. sure. So like I obviously clearly have to do more research, but after listening to Seth Rogen talk about it on a on a podcast, that's that's the information I have to share with you. Apparently, there's like a lot of really medicinal uh, effects that are being reported on hallucinogens, like that it can really help people with their psyche that have suffered from things. I obvi- obviously it's still early in the trial run, so they don't have any like concrete hard data f- like for studying it for long times. Well, I would have but... to agree with that. Like even with like marijuana alone, like I have an uncle who is uh, paraplegic on my mom's side, yeah. and uh, he smokes marijuana for pain. Like he, he like. He may not feel his legs down, but he still feels pain. Like he has like pain in his back and he has like bad arthritis and he has all this stuff and marijuana helps him out. Like I, I honestly don't see a problem with it. And I've, I, and I've smoked with him and I've, I've asked yeah. him questions like, like, like I, I haven't smoked with anybody that I've smoked more with people in my family than most of my friends to be honest with you and it's and it's just more for the experience of it like i have another uncle who i enjoy smoking weed with and then we go out and get breakfast or we go and get lunch and he's just a great time to be around yeah. um but but like i like i got to like there was a point where i was using marijuana to help me go to bed and I, the, my biggest like 
time with weed was like when my dad died because I couldn't fucking sleep. Yeah. And so like um I got like I'll tell this story. The like the time my mom caught caught me with marijuana. Yeah. It's a funny story, but at the same time, like it was a hard time in my life. So like um what I was doing was uh I was rolling three joints and I can't roll for shit. I used to pencil roll. Like I'm not, I'm not a good stoner at all. Like my thumbs can't do that fold over thing. I just can't do it. Um, so I was rolling like a couple of joints for a friend of mine for her birthday. I was like, well, she likes to smoke and I got this extra weed. Let me just roll her a couple of joints. Here's this is for you. And then we'll, like, we, we were going out to dinner that night. Um, and then like I left them on the, t- and then I really, I left them on the table because I really had to go to the bathroom. Like like an emergency kind of scenario. And I bolted, did my business, came back, and they were gone. The phone rang, and I answered it. Like, was, hello? It's my grandfather. I go, I give my mom the phone and add it to her. And, I, and then I noticed that the joints are gone. I'm like, oh, I'm in for a big fight when she gets off the phone. <laughs> oh, big fight. She fucking, she, like, she couldn't, like, she couldn't even, like, construct a proper sentence. She was so mad at me. Uh-oh. Because, like, she's very anti-marijuana. And you know what? Like, she can... She's entitled to her opinion. And uh, I'm not... It's not that I'm wrong. It's just, you know, I I was 24 living in her house. And, like, I was smoking weed. But she also thought, like... Like, any marijuana smell that came near the house, she assumed was me. It was never me. (laughs) Which was, like, the worst feeling ever. Because, like... Because then, like, all of a sudden she catches me with weed. So then she thinks all of those times where I said, no, it's not me. Now she thinks all of those times were actually were me. Of course. Like, I had decent, like, I had the decency to, like, roll a joint, like, away from her and then take the dogs for, like, a long-ass walk and then do it then. She would smell weed in the garage and it would be, like, our neighbors. Or it yeah. would be, like, someone else in the neighborhood. And it just, like, it was never me. A lot of people from that generation do have that like feeling because that's the way it was at the time. Like it was illegal. Obviously Mm -hmm. the world's changed a shit ton now. Yeah. And like a lot of people that used to be against pot have come around and have tried it themselves and realized that, well, shit, there is some benefits to this, you know? Yeah. And so like, I'm not anti it. I'm like, whatever gets you through the day. Cause like life is really hard. If you can handle your high and you can just do whatever you want to do, fucking do it. Like I don't get for sure. I've never actually tried it, but I've heard like lots of positive things about it for sure. You've never tried marijuana? You can go fuck yourself right now. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yes, I have tried it. You're more and of a stoner than you are a drinker, right? Yeah. Like if I'm in a relax, I go back and forth. I have my moments. I'm good at drinking, but I've never had like, I'm not addicted to drinking and I never would be. You know what I mean? Like there's times in my 20s where I did party every fucking weekend. But if I missed a weekend, it wasn't like, oh, no, you know, it's not like well, my thrill. Yeah. So I- I'm the same way. Like I'm not. I'm a drinker, but I'm not like I'm very okay with not drinking. For like once yeah. a year I take a month off just because. Yeah. And then like I have had beer, like my own beer in the fridge for about a week. I haven't touched it until now because I was like saving it for like it's gonna <laughs> be sure. a long week. I'm gonna want to relax. I'm not going out tonight. Let me crush a couple, record a podcast, and see what happens. Pretty like, chill night. Even- and like I've had a few beers like during this podcast. I don't think it's I don't, like I don't think it's our worst one. Probably no. not our best one, but it's not <laughs> our worst one. 
honestly like too like with what you were saying like about hallucinogens and like i can speak mm -hmm. for my experience when i was like a late teenager you know just becoming an adult i my stepbrother mark he had magic mushrooms he brought them to town he was living in vancouver at the time and i was living with a roommate mm -hmm. we were drinking we were like probably 80 percent into a 40 of whiskey when he knocked on the door and he comes downstairs and he's like so uh you want to get high and i was like yeah sure why not like thinking he wanted to smoke a joint and he pulls out a bag of mushrooms and i was like oh okay like why not let's give it a go so he gave yeah. me an eighth of an ounce which is like a healthy dosage for one person yeah and it got me it got me laughing like Honestly, like when you do mushrooms, it's been fucking 15 years since I've done it. I did it, been there, done that, kind of moved on, not really interested mm -hmm. in doing it again. But it really like hurts your face from smiling so much and laughing and like things are hysterical. Yeah. So we did, I was like going in, in and out of being like really drunk and then being like high on shrooms and it was switching back and forth. Mm -hmm. And then after like 45 minutes, he was like, so uh, you want to do some acid too? That's a fucking, that's an extreme evening, right? And I was bat. like, uh, sure. I didn't have to work the next day. I was like, fuck, why not? Let's see what happens. So we did, we do this. And I was going through like a cycle of one second. I was high on mushrooms. One second I was high on acid. One second I was drunk. And it was like a, a revolving door of different sensations and feelings, but they were like sticking to their own specific feelings. It was yeah. really strange. Like I'd feel like very like, clear-headed high on acid for a minute and like vibrating and then i'd be high on shrooms and be like kind of like seeing lines bend and then going back into being drunk where i like would stumble step as we so we decided to go get a burger we go to this place that used to be open here in edmonton always open 24 hours i believe at the time it's probably like two in the morning at this point we stumble into the restaurant i order a burger i ended up laying down in the booth because i didn't feel good i was like i shouldn't have eaten food while i was doing this shit it was a big fucking mistake mm -hmm. so i convinced mark to leave we leave the fucking restaurant i go outside and i start puking and it was like uh tracer puke i was like ch -ch 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 coming out and i could see it like in waves as it was passing through and like just the different things like that different experiences my point to all of this was yes i have tried hallucinogens and two, I think everyone should try it a little bit because it kind of breaks up your like mentality at the time. It lets you see life from a different perspective, even mm -hmm. if for a couple hours, it really gives you like a feeling of being outside of yourself almost. Yeah. Like my favorite getting stone story was uh, I was supposed to go to this like hipster party. Like it was like a bar party. Uh, and the theme was dress up as a hipster and it was like yeah. on a Sunday it was what they did to make Sundays fun and I was all for it and I got like a whole bunch of friends to dress up like hipsters and I thought like a bunch of people were going to go to this so I got up and I had like an ironic t-shirt jeans and a suspenders and like a um, uh, one of those I don't know like they wear it a in baller. Boston or not a bowler but I can't like fedora not a fedora damn thomas how many kinds of hats are there i think it's, <laughs> i think it's a trill i don't know what the kind of hat it was either way a hat i was wearing like a specific hipster hat and like i got a whole bunch of friends to go and we get there and it's complete fucking bust like it is not like we were the <laughs> only people there so we all go our separate ways and all that shit and i go to a buddy's place and I go and get stoned with him and we're watching a movie. And I'm like, fuck, man, I can't see. And now with my hipster outfit, 
I had gotten like 3D glasses that you would get from a Cineplex. Yeah. And I popped out the 3D lenses and just had like the frames. You know, like most hipsters. Yeah, oh yeah. And uh and I'm watching the movie, I'm like, fuck man, it's so blurry. And he's like, hey man, take off the glasses. And I took them off, and all of a sudden I can fucking see fine. That's awesome. No lessons, <laughs> no, no lenses in the fucking thing. That's funny. Funny when things fuck with you like that. Unbelievable. So I have an important. Oh, sorry. Did you have something to say there? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, my thing. So I just had a. I wanted to like get to know. I know we have a lot of like the similar fanboy interests and different things, but we have expertise in different fields. Yeah. So I just want to ask you a quick rapid fire list of movies, just to know yeah. if you've seen them or not. I'll play this game. Go ahead. You into this? Yeah. Okay. Boondock Saints. Seen it. Seen it. Seen it. Okay, perfect. Wayne's World one and two. Yes, seen it. Grandma's Boy. Seen it. Didn't like it. Really interesting. We'll discuss that later. Joan of Arc. Didn't see it. No, with uh, Mila Jovovich. With any actress. Okay. Detroit Rock City. Didn't see it. Dazed and Confused. Watch it four times a year. Perfect. Half baked. Seen it. Okay. Bloodsport. Haven't seen it. Ooh. Menace to Society. Seen it. Okay. And last but not least, Stand Hold By Me. Hold on. When you say Menace to Society, is it Don't Be a Menace to Society? No. Breaking your juice in the hood? No. No, it is not. Then no, I haven't seen it. Ooh. And sorry, the last was Stand By Me. Haven't seen it. Wow. Okay, cool. So Stand By Me was like a childhood movie I watched when yeah. I wasn't allowed to watch it and I fucking found a way to sneak and watch it. Good movie. There's a lot of other Macaulay Culkin movies that I haven't seen. Like I haven't seen My Girl, which was a big fucking deal to a lot of people. Sorry, Macaulay Culkin. Where does he come into play with Stand By Me? No, exactly? He's not in Stand By Me, is he? No, not at all. No, that's a different. That's uh, Will Wheaton. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. No, so right off the bat, I'm fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a sick soundtrack, too. Okay. So just to run back. Um, Detroit Rock City, did you say you've seen it or didn't see no, it? No, I haven't seen it. Okay, so you got to see I that. I do know what movie. it is. It's those guys that want tickets to kiss and they, yeah, like they go on like a crazy bogus. Okay, everything. you don't need to see it then. You pretty much fucking know the movie. I'm well, sure. like, <laughs> there are those movies that are out there where like, you see a trailer, you're like, I fucking seen the movie. I'm surprised that you haven't seen Bloodsport. Me too. Um, it's one of those movies, like those like iconic like 80s movies with Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah. But, like, you got to keep in mind, like, I'm a child of the 90s. Of course. And I don't think my dad really liked Jean-Claude Van Damme. So, like, me going there. There's a lot of movies I have to discover on my own. And That makes sense. Like, I think the only Jean-Claude Van Damme movie I've ever seen is Universal Soldier. Nice. That's a okay one. That's surprising, though. There's a lot of good ones. So, anyways, about Bloodsport, I have a little tidbit of information for you about that. My dad wanted to watch Bloodsport and it was the middle of the afternoon and my mother was super fucking against me getting to watch it because I was only six years old at the time she was fine with my brother and sister watching it but I was like yeah. getting blacklisted and my dad went on a limb for me and was like he can watch it let, let, let's let him watch it you know it won't have a bad impact on him like oh, yeah. violently blah, Bloodsport's blah, blah, blah. gonna do fine for our six-year-old exactly so I get to watch it with my dad fucking stick movie it still holds up I've watched it recently again and it still fucking holds up 
other like Jean-Claude Van Damme was on a lot of coke I'm guessing during that movie too like he was for most of his movies from what I understand so he's a little intense at times but still great but like so we finished watching the movie and my mom's like like go go to the park you know you guys are allowed to go to the park for a couple hours in the afternoon so i'm walking towards the screen door and i was really excited about the kick that he did so i did like i threw my bit almost like a similar to the crane kick from karate kid i threw a kick up like that as i was getting close to the screen door and i did not know distance fighting at the time and i fucking booted the glass door and shattered it to a million fucking pieces and my mom got that moment over my dad of being like, you, I fucking told you not to let it stand. My dad was just like, like, really, Sean? Like, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. First of all, both of you to assume that I've seen Karate Kid and not Bloodsport. Really? You uh, you have not seen Karate Kid either? No, I have. You're right. Okay, I knew assumption. you had seen that. I just think that I the knew- statement is like bold. Like, you didn't even ask. I also, didn't need to. I think your list is ridiculous, by the way. Why? Because none of them have to do with any of the other ones. But you know what they have to do with, Thomas? You? They had an impact on me. Yeah, so I, I love Boondock Saints, one of my favorite movies. I actually am one of like the seven people that really enjoyed the sequel. Did you ever see the sequel? I liked the sequel. Yeah. So cool. Like we're both in that. Finally, something we can fucking agree on. Yeah, exactly. And I'm an apatriot fili at spirit the sancta, you know, whatever. Um, I I love that movie. Um Wayne's World, iconic. Uh, one of the my favorite things in the world is that they put Mike Myers in the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Yeah. Video, um, music video. Huh? Right? In the, no, music no, in the video. movie. The movie. Bohemian oh, I see. I haven't seen it yet. Well then what the fuck are you doing? Like, don't give me <laughs> shit about not seeing movies. You haven't seen Bohemian hey, Rhapsody. If you fucking prepare a list of movies and you want to ask me about it, I'll answer. But did oh. you re- prepare a list of movies? I don't think you did. No, I didn't <laughs> want to embarrass you on our podcast, which was your goal for me, you fucking asshole. <laughs> no, you seriously, though, like Menace to Society. I know, like, what don't is be a menace, menace to Society? So it's like, Obviously, you know, don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Yeah. But that movie was based off of like six other movies that were like basically a look at black culture in Los Angeles during the 90s. So is that is Ice Cube in, in, in that? No, that you're thinking of Boys in the Hood. OK, you're right. So this one's a little bit more obscure, but it's like up there. And I'd say my top 10 favorite movies i would say it's it's a weird i think it's because i watched it when i was like a child and going through a lot of shit and it was like a real movie like hard like a rough movie you know what i mean like you'll see it and there'll be a few references to it where you're like oh shit like i've seen that done in other movies but it was like really edgy for its time i guess Mm -hmm. it's basically like guys that are just trying one guy it follows his story of him trying to like get through life and be successful in the hood Mm-hmm. And it's in like Compton and around that area of Los Angeles at the time, lots of gangs and violence. And it's just like him and his buddies and how they are. And like, yeah. I've knew people growing up in some of the less like more questionable neighborhoods, I'll say that reminded me of some of those people, which is interesting too, but it's like not as hard as them, obviously, but there's a lot of like, there's gun violence. It's an action movie in ways, but it's also telling a story about like, life and what you get out of life what you put into life sometimes what you get out of it and sometimes shit will bite you on the ass if you put something bad and out into life that's how i would describe the movie to someone but it's worth a watch nice i'm gonna have to check it out that sounds like a cool movie 
I don't know where you'd find it, to be honest. It's not a lot of places. I still have it on DVD as well because I've held on to that one. But well, if one... it's if it's so important, I'll make a purchase. Like I'll go out. Yeah, I'll, I'll I would like it. I own it and I will continue to own it forever. And it's just like a really fucking intense movie. Like right from the get go, you're like, holy shit. Like so this is called Menace to Society. Correct. OK, let's just skip right into Sean Recommends. Fucking watch that movie, please. I know I keep giving you movies, but I just found out you didn't see like as far as gangster movies go. Scarface is not like it's not as high on the list as mm-hmm. Men's to Society for me. OK, well, all right, uh, I'll put it on. I'll, I'll, I'll do my homework and then I'll wait like seven weeks and then finally do it. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm willing to wait because the conversation will probably be good or you'll be like, Jesus, Sean, you watched that when you were 13. What the fuck, man? Yeah, no, I'll I'll, uh, I'll see if I can find it on one of like the five subscriptions I have for streaming shit. Yeah. And then uh, I'll hopefully I'll... it's on one, but I, I'm questionable as to whether or not it will be. Yeah. Well, that's a cool recommendation. And I really like that you have such a lack in my movie watching ability that you made like a rapid fire list of movies. By the way, I'm so surprised that you like certain movies that make your list of like Star Trek II Wrath of Khan, which I've seen, but I haven't seen in. It, it's a good movie, but there, it didn't impact me. I didn't watch it till later. Yeah. Oh, also, but I haven't seen it in 20 years. Yeah. You're not missing nothing too much. Um, I feel like Terminator 2 should have been on your list. I feel like, eh. I, I don't know. There's like a bunch of fucking It wasn't movies. like, for me, it wasn't like the most important movies of every era that I was asking you about. It was just movies that like have stuck out to me where I'm like, dude, you got to fucking watch that movie. How important is Stand By Me to you? For me, because like it when I watched it, the kids that were in the movie were older than me. So I was looking up to them at the time of the movie. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's not like it's an important movie, actually. Yeah, I, I do like it enough where I could say it's just a good story. Like you would enjoy the story, I guess, kind of behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah. been a few years since I watched it, so, so I hope like I don't regret. Will Wheaton, one of the O'Donnell brothers. Uh, Corey and, Feldman. Yeah, Corey Feldman. And there's another, the fourth River one. River Phoenix. River Phoenix, yeah. Yeah. I see why, like, I should get into that. I just, I don't know. There's certain, like, once a movie kind of passes its peak time to watch it, I kind of yeah. move on with my life. And I just, but I, well, we I, talked I, about that too. That's why, yeah. like, I wanted to throw these back to you just because, like, they're interesting little tidbits of different points in time. And it's mm. important to still give them a watch. No, that's, uh, well, it's some homework for me to definitely do. Yeah, it's good recommend section, section. And I'm not like, I'm going to give you a birth time. You know, you have like, don't feel like you need to have this watched by our next episode. I'm not oh. going to put pressure on you like that because I know. Oh, like, I'm probably get... going to because I need to be better than you. <laughs> However, I will say Jen's homework from last week is impossible to do in this day and age <laughs> right now. I have a full time job where I am exhausted afterwards. Oh, and then, then find time to go to a fucking furniture store to design the couch of my dreams. Jen, I love you. It's not happening the way you want it to happen. I'm going to find <laughs> a way to do this another way. But holy fuck, could you have asked for a more difficult project? 
Yeah, it was like a scientist asking you to split the atom or something in their lab, and you're like, what the fuck? No, not to that extent, but like for one, it's like a pandemic, and you can only go to like certain amount of stores. Two, aside from the brick, I don't know of another furniture store. (laughs) I honestly feel like like we have a place in Quebec called Bro Marno, and I'm pretty sure it's the same as the fucking brick. I don't have another idea after this. Like, uh, you, I'm in the same boat, especially with the pandemic, like being the way it is and shit lockdowns and blah, blah, blah. So I did do my homework, but I did it <laughs> online. You rub it in my face finally. I did. Yeah, do it. Fuck yourself, Thomas. I didn't even rub it in your face. I just like kind of dropped that hint. But all I did was I found a chair specifically that, you know, if I could have it in my fucking house and I could be like, that's my fucking chair. I picked out the chair and I picked out the fabric that I would ideally like to see on it. Keep in mind the chair was like $7,000. If someone wants to buy that fucking chair, which I would never ever spend $7,000 on a fucking chair. On a chair. It's a fucking chair. So I'm all, I'm going to share it on our Instagram and I'm two sides of the story on Instagram. I'm going to share it in our Facebook group on Facebook so if people want to see that Sean did his homework and has a little fucking picture made up of the fabric and the chair, finally have a look, one check out me. our, what's that? Sorry. Finally have one over me. Yeah, for sure. Check out the Instagram. I'm, I also took a couple pictures of the soup. Maybe I'll, you know, make a little post on the Instagram about that. I want people that to like a great see... restaurant in Edmonton. Like, please, those of you that listen to the podcast and are in Edmonton, please go to uh, Dorinku and check out their soup and just enjoy it. It is a good place. It was, Sean's opinion is it, very flawed. Yeah, it was like, like I said, not everything's for everyone. I tried it. It wasn't for me, but that doesn't mean it's not for you. I mean, I don't fucking like soup or cake. So are you really going to go with my fucking taste buds? <laughs> <laughs> going into it flawed. Like uh, my opinions is skew. <laughs> going in like a fucking bumpkin. So another thing I wanted to talk about we seem to be growing in followers on Apple podcasts and Spotify. And I just wanted to give a little plug and remind people, click, follow, share, tell your friends, tell your cousins, tell everybody, you know, in your life to listen to this fucking podcast and just give us a chance. My my own mother hasn't even listened to our podcast. It is hilarious to me, (laughs) but no, uh, actually uh, while we're on the subject, has your dad listened to the podcast? Yeah, him and Doreen have listened to all of them, I guess, up to last week's episode. Really? Because I remember you saying to me that Doreen called you out for not liking carrot cake. Yeah, and you thought it was from the commercial. Yeah, because I I put that out. Yeah, I called her out on that and was like, she's like, no, I listened to the whole thing. And I was like, oh, shit. No, they've been very supportive. God bless your dad and Doreen. Doreen is such a sweet lady, and I've told you this time and time again. Uncle Steve is one of the nicest, most welcoming people I have ever met in my entire life. I love Uncle Steve. I do want to tell. I do really want to tell my favorite Uncle Steve story. And uh, Uncle Steve, if you're listening, please know that I'm saying this in jest and in love. There is no (laughs) ill will, but your dad has some quirks to him. He does probably know. Now, I didn't know this about your dad because I only started speaking to your dad as of like 2014, I think. Like, honestly, I started speaking to your dad like a little bit before my father died. And um, 
the only thing I knew about him is what Deanna knew about him. And what Deanna told me was he likes to use the term, I turn around often. (laughs) And I was not ready for it. I didn't think anyone (laughs) could use this sentence as common as your father did. But he does. And I, I, when my dad died, I uh, called Deanna. I called like to let their family know that uh, my dad finally passed away. And, and the next call I was making was to your dad. And Deanna told me, she was just, uh, who, who do you have to call next? I got to call uncle Steve next. She's like, all right, just be warned. He's going to turn around a lot. And I went, all right it meant nothing to me at the time and this is the first conversation on the phone like in person like in person but not in person i've ever had with your your dad and he must have said i turn around 15 times (laughs) let me give context because i didn't like notice this as much until you told me about this but he'll be like so I went to the grocery store and then I turned around and I went and grabbed the uh, salt off the shelf. And then I turned around and I went and grabbed the, so that's how he uses it to be yeah. in like to have some clarity for the viewers. He, but he uses this term like 15 times. And I got to tell you, and now it sounds like I'm making fun of uncle Steve and really what I'm, what I'm doing is <laughs> I'm telling a story about how uncle Steve brought joy back into my life because he said the term, I turn around 15 times. I naturally assumed how Uncle Steve travels is like the Tasmanian devil. He just spins around and fucking gets <laughs> to his next destination. But the thing was, this was the biggest tragedy in my life. And because he says this thing so often, it made me laugh. <laughs> it, it was the biggest, like, I was so sad. And then I get off the phone. And all I could do for the next 10 minutes was just, I couldn't call anybody. I was laughing hysterically because <laughs> holy fuck, does he abuse that term? <laughs> and it just kind of brought joy back to me. So Uncle Steve, if you listen to this episode, please know I'm not making fun of you. I love you to death, <laughs> Uncle Steve. I think you are the kindest, sweetest man I've actually ever met in my entire life. And you brought me to the point of from tears to laughter because this was a thing in my life where I went, <laughs> I just, he turned around so many times. <laughs> I like when you're like telling me the story initially and like that, you know, you're sitting there and you're literally imagining him turning around as he says it. <laughs> yeah, it's all I can imagine. It's like a dog chasing his tail. I like, I just really don't want this story to come off as me making fun of Uncle Steve because I love Uncle Steve. Yeah, no, I for have sure. to be he'll very he'll clear appreciate on this. it. I'm sure, Uncle Steve, I love you to death. You like <laughs> since meeting you, you have been nothing but kind. That being said, you using the term "I turn around" makes me so happy. <laughs> makes me so happy to this very day. That's funny. <laughs> Because like you like you'll say it like I'll have a conversation with them over the like I haven't called them in a little while and I I'm, I'm due to give your dad a call because I haven't yeah. spoken to him since I left Edmonton, but he uses it so like nonchalantly. I like the phrases that we like come up with when we don't realize we're saying them, but everybody yeah. else around us knows. We must all have them. Oh, I do. I I often say and I like because I'm like I like to see both sides of arguments. I often say that's fair 
because I'm not trying to put judgment on what someone's saying, but I might not agree or disagree with it. So yeah. I'll just say that's fair. And I've been told I say that too much, which is fine. Yeah. You know, that's fair that people have their opinions. That's fair. <laughs> you know what? I use that term a lot too. Yeah. Um, But I would have to get it pointed out to me. Give me, give me a second. I'll turn on the light here. Yeah. Um, but I would have to get it pointed out to me for me to notice. And yeah. like, I don't want this podcast to be pointing out one of your dad's foibles because I love that he uses it. It honestly, it brings me so much joy and it's not like, I'm not laughing at him. I'm laughing with him. And he brought me, it, it kind of, it was like the first step in like a, a few things that life is going to be okay. Yeah. When you can laugh Gosh, after, shitty. when you can laugh after a tragedy, I think it's like the first step to we can move on from this. Yeah, and for because sure. It's it, hard and, when and it came to me so soon. It 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 kind of gave me that moment of you're still capable of laughing, you're still capable of joy, so you can move on from that. Like like you never forget, but you can continue. And yeah. it's it, it was a be- honestly it was a beautiful gift your dad gave me that day because yeah, it's it, definitely a good story i'm sure he'll appreciate it i, sure. I hope he does yeah. and uncle steve if you disagree call me we'll talk it out i'm so sorry if that's how you feel i have like my dad's wrath comes to mind when you like tell me this like how you're like i don't want to offend him. when you when my dad is offended whoo, is he, is he ever capable fun- of that because he is so sweet I'll, I'll tell you a funny story and I hope that he, he doesn't get mad. I don't even know if I should tell a story. It's really funny. But so I come home from work and this is my side of the story, keeping with the theme of the show. I walk in the house and he's like, hey, Sean, you want a taco? And I'm like, oh, no, nah. I like on the way home from work, I'd eaten a donair. Like, me and my buddy at work had stopped on the way home. Yeah. I didn't know what the fuck I was walking into. He was like, Sean, you want a taco? He's like, I know my my son's good for a taco. He'll have a taco. So a little background story. He said he was going to cook tacos. Doreen was there. Her daughter, Sandra, was there, my stepsister. And they decided, you know what? We don't want tacos. We're going to have the leftover Chinese food from last night. And so my dad's like, well, you know what? I said I make tacos. You guys can eat one if you want one. So he's making these tacos. And then I call this the great taco incident of like 2014, (laughs) something like that. So innocent Sean walks in like, Sean, you want a taco? And I was like, no, I'm good. Dad. Thanks. Like maybe I'll eat one later. He's like, and all of a sudden out of nowhere, he's like, nobody wants to eat my fucking tacos. Fine. I don't know if he said fucking because he doesn't swear a whole lot, but he took the pan and dumped the taco beef into the fucking garbage, grabbed all the things he cut off, threw him in the garbage. He was just sensitive because he wanted to like do something nice for all of us, I guess. Hey, dinner, you and the opportunity. Nobody wanted the fucking dinner. And I'm standing on the other end of the house. Like, what the fuck? Why are you throwing taco meat away? Like, I'll fucking eat tacos later. Like, I just ate a goddamn donair. I can't eat two fucking rats. I didn't know you were making like, tacos. Yeah, I was like, if I'd known you were cooking fucking tacos, I would eat tacos. He was mad for probably like three fucking days where I got, I was like staying with him at the time. I was in my early twenties and I, I walked in the, like got up the next morning. I was like, morning dad. And he just cold stared. <laughs> you know what? I know the sides cold stare. Cause I've gotten it from yeah. man too. For sure. Fucking deadly. There might. Oh yeah. This thing. When, one thing I've noticed, cause I met all the uncles aside from route, uh, Roddy. Yeah. They all have the same 
like the bridge of the nose to the eyes. It's all yeah. the same. Every single one of them. It's all the same from Sparky to Chris to Steve to Larry to Jack. It's like the thousand mile stare in the old cowboy movies yeah. where it's like, if it's there, it's there. Like I recently wa- I saw a picture of Bernie, uh, our yeah. grandfather. And I'm like, it's the same fucking thing. And for sure, they can look at you and kind of just like tear you apart with it. I have the same thing. I have the, I've been told I get that stare, the look in my eyes and people fucking know. And that's like, I think it's part of our Scottish roots too. When it comes to, like, there's some Scots in us and some Celtic blood flowing through our veins. We're known for like holding grudges and like, it's part of our history in certain ways of like tribe fights and shit like that, right. but it's stupid. And like, we're obviously evolved, evolving past that everything, but it's just funny how like, it's a thing, you know, it's some things are like hereditary almost. Uh, I want to share with you a story about my dad that uh, on the subject of like being pissed off at a meal. So my mom cooked this like chicken dinner and it was all right. But my sister, she was cutting into it and she goes, it's so dry. I can't eat this. I can't. But I was like, yeah, you want help with that? She's like, whatever. And he takes his water that he had at the table, pours it on her fucking plate. I swear to God, he did this shit. It was one of try it now. And she's just like, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Ruined my dinner. <laughs> and like, there I'm going, <laughs> that is extreme comedy. Like, honestly, I think he did it because it was funny. Like, yeah. that's why I th- like, that's why I think he did it. That's fucking awesome. But it also taught my daughter a valuable lesson sister like oh his daughter yeah I get yeah. It. yeah yeah and it was it was just one of those fucking things like michelle never complained about a meal again and <laughs> i think if she like when she comes on the show she said she would come on eventually she nice. can attest to this she's just like i didn't even see it coming like it was just <laughs> our parents sometimes jesus christ you know, to teach you a valuable like i have stories i can i have chris stories for days um which I plan on spreading out throughout this podcast. So there's plenty more to share. Definitely. But, but as this goes on, like, like I think I've noticed, like I love talking about my dad and I, I, I think it's cause maybe he's passed away, but Chris brought me so many fucking good stories. For sure. And, like there, there were times where like, he and I butted heads, but I just, I love a good Chris story. And I, you never got to meet him. eh? No. Uh, well, I talked like, we did correspond on Facebook, like, cause he knew like my dad had cancer at the same time that your dad had cancer. Mm-hmm. My dad's like, wasn't as severe. Like he was able to get through it obviously, because we're still talking about him being alive today. Mm-hmm. But I, during that time period, I was having a little hard time with it. And yeah. I reached out to your dad to just like, talk to him, you know, see how he was doing, see how he was getting through things. And we talked a little bit through like Facebook messages. Mm-hmm. So I did have that, you know what I mean? Cause I know he came through Edmonton. Like he saw your dad. Yeah. Um, and now this doesn't associate with your dad, but when he went to Edmonton for that trip, that was the first day of him feeling sick. Really? Wow. Yeah. Like I'm I'm pretty sure if you talk to your dad about it today, like my dad was like not feeling well that day. And okay. It, yeah, and I remember hearing that. But I was curious if you like went with him like to the arena because my dad was the GM or president of uh, girls hockey for our region. And there was a big tournament going on 
uh, where one of his teams were playing in Alberta and he went along. And so he used that opportunity to reconnect with your dad. Yeah. And it was, I was just wondering if you went along for that. No, I, I didn't. Unfortunately, you never know. Like hindsight's always 2020 with that kind of shit. You know, I always try to show up. It's like yeah. I'm the guy who shows up always, but yeah. I just fucking missed the bell on that one. Unfortunately, it's, it's so unfortunate. Like, I don't think your sister had a relationship with my father or your brother no. had a relationship with my father or anything. And it's like, it's so unfortunate that there's an uncle out there that you can now say that you never have and never will meet. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. One, of, one of my like life goals now is to make sure that I take Sparky to Edmonton. Like I, I, I used to work for Air Canada and part of working with Air Canada is you get flight benefits. And yeah, uh, since being laid off by them, I still have them for a little bit. Right. A goal of mine is to take Sparky to Edmonton to not only meet you, but to see him reconnect with Steve. And I think that would be an amazing thing. Yeah, for sure. It's like so sad. Like my dad has not only lost like your father as one of his brothers, he's lost his two baby brothers as well that like weren't of relation to your dad, but were shared the same mom as my Mark and, uh, um, my dad called him asshole, but his name was uh, Kim. 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 Yeah. <laughs> he got over the asshole thing, but it was just the kind of childhood they had growing up together. No, where... That's just what it was, right? And yeah. we have such a weird upbringing. In for that, sure. Like, honestly, Sean, I didn't know about you for the longest time. I don't it think just... our dads had beef with each other. There was just separation from years in life's yeah. lived. Like, we, yeah, both our dads had had kids had families of their own lived in different cities like there was no ill will it was just separation and they didn't grow up in the same household either you know what i mean not at all like they have different moms there's these things that you and i talk about there we don't know our family history all that well we don't know a lot of stuff what we do know is that we're gonna pick we're picking up kind of where our parents should have picked up and we didn't and they didn't do it for sure and like the world's a lot smaller of a place now too. Like, yeah, they had phones back then, but you know, they didn't have podcasts and life was busier and blah, blah, blah. Telecommunications well, have, like, weren't as strong. Look how easy it is to get in touch now. Like, yeah. Long Which, it's nice to see. Like, aren't a thing anymore. Yeah. It is nice to see that like they are connecting, you know, there's, there's lines of communication between all of them again. And even if it's just check-ins from time to time, it, it is nice but to it see. Is a, but it is a way of talking. Like, I know, yeah. like, there's a group chat between all the uncles, and, like, uh, Sparky tells me, like, yeah, no, I check in, and I talk to them, and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, like, they all keep in touch, and, like, that makes my heart feel good. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. And it's, like, where the ball got dropped on our childhood, we're picking it up now. And, yeah. like, we're going to even strengthen the bonds further by doing more triangle episodes in the future so that i, I love that we do this like having your yeah. sister on was like the just the first step and it, it it hurts my heart a little bit that you've never had the opportunity to meet like deanna or paul uh yeah. larry's kids or um sparky has uh stepchildren that are just amazing oh one of them listens to our podcast sophie sophie is such <laughs> a nice person that's cool and um her brother I want to say Felix, and I hope I'm right. God, Sophia, if I'm wrong, please <laughs> and I, I will apologize. But I think it's Sophie and Felix, and they're like they're our step cousins. But like yeah. I will talk to them, like they're our actual cousins. Because oh yeah, what's the fucking difference? 
their family and that's what's crazy is like i have so many first cousins it's not like they're second or third or they're first cousins they're my dad's siblings children that i don't yeah. know which yeah. is something yeah. cool that we're gonna Granted, get to they're not they're not spawned by sparky but they are yeah they are related to us like oh, they yeah. are our family and blood doesn't matter when it comes to family last time i went to go see uncle sparky i had a great conversation with sophie i actually felt like I got to know her a little bit. She gave me some podcast. Like I shoot her a message every now and then. I I'm actually do just send her a message now. Yeah, but that's cool. You know what? I'm happy we have this, and I'm happy I have the relationship I have with uh, Deanna and Paul. When I was going across Canada, um, Deanna told Paul, and then Paul called me and he said, uh, "Listen, if you're going through Canada, here are some stops you need to make, or here's like some good hotels you should stop in on in at least Ontario." where yeah. you should go like like good for your dollar but at least good for your view kind of thing it was a good time and i gotta say like it's good to have those connections for sure on every level like it's weird the more people you know and like you see reflections of yourself like we've said we don't know bernie but there's impacts they've had he's had on all of our fathers in ways too so all of us cousins like it's like when we one of the i think the second time we ever met we had the new year's party and after you left everyone i was like yeah like that's the second time i've hung out with thomas and everyone was like are you fucking serious you guys have so much in common and like your mannerisms and the way you guys move your hands when you're talking they're like they didn't believe me they're like you're you're full of shit sean and i was like no i'm like i'm like legit telling you that whatever you saw the connection between us it's something that we don't even know that we have because it's something that outside of our control it's just who we are which is really cool too, to like see uh, another sides man, you know, I'm a proud sidesman. I believe in our history of being like, you know, the clans of blah, 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 blah. And to know another man that's part of my like bloodline that represents the name that I carry is important to me to get to know more people. Absolutely. Like that. And like one of my biggest things that I took away from at least our first encounter that Karen may or may not have been at is, uh, <laughs> how much you and I actually connected in that first instance. It was, yeah. it was a big thing for me going like, well, I met Sean and when fuck, we got, we got a lot in common. Like, for it was, sure. It was a big thing for me. Um, I think we're running long. I love talking to you, buddy. That's one of the things <laughs> I love about this podcast is once you and I get going, yeah, it's really hard to get us to stop. We're going to have to do a six hour podcast where we get shit faced together. Someday. Oh, we just, just go on for hours. But, yeah. <laughs> um, now that we're nearing like hour two, um, I, should we go with the question of the day? I think we should probably go with the question of the day and see what happens. Okay. So my question of the day is I'm dying to know what your first concert was. My very, very first concert. I was 13 years old. It was a present from Josh, my older brother. He took me to see Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan was your first concert? My very first concert. Holy fuck, you're so much cooler than me. <laughs> my first concert? Backstreet Boys. Really? That's Crystal and Kieran's first concert as well. So you yeah. guys outnumbered me three to one. <laughs> yeah, I saw Backstreet Boys when I was 10. And then I saw him again the very next day with friends. Cool. Yeah, I told you, man, like when you asked me who I was at 13, I was a fucking rocker through and through already. Yeah, I didn't. I, I like there was rock music I liked, but like, dude, at 10 years old, I fucking love the Bastard Boys. I kind of still do in certain sense. There are some songs that are fucking awesome. I don't give a shit. I, 
young Sean would be really pissed at old Sean because every once in a while, like whether it's at a bar or a party or something, I'll he- hear like music start. And I'm like, ooh, like I fucking like that song. And you never get bombed at a boys. bar and just sing along to the songs that are playing at the bar full blast and don't give a shit about the people you're with. Sorry, did you ask if I do that? Yes. Doesn't everyone? Well, I know I do. Yeah, I'm I really do. happy that you do as well. Oh, yeah. That's what worries me like about doing a drunken podcast is that I might sing. Well, I haven't like I've crushed a few beers during this podcast and uh, Tommy's pipes haven't hung out yet. But uh, I will leave you with this little tidbit. I auditioned for Canadian Idol once and I'm not going to tell you the rest of the story because I'll leave it for another podcast. But I want you to know that this happened in my lifespan. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I do think we should wrap up. Yeah, I agree. Um, so uh, this has been Two Sides of the Story, and I'm Tom Sides, and this has been One Side of the Story. And this is Sean Sides, and this has been Another Side of the Story. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Two Sides of the Story. 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 Tom and-